Welcome to Sundays with Hosanna Fellowship, a ministry of Hosanna International Ministries, bringing you God's Word, His power, and His authority to our community and the world. It is our desire to empower you to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those around you. Let's listen in to today's message. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you for your word. Thank you for, for your presence always being with us. Not just today and this morning, but always being with us. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You may be seated. I preached the last sermon of that convention on Sunday morning. And I got sick on the way to the convention. And I, I, got, I became sicker and sicker. And uh, by, by Saturday night, I was very sick. Uh, I told Pastor Bill, I said, I don't know if I'll be able to preach in the morning. Uh, and at that time, I had absolutely nothing to preach. I was about as empty as you could be. And I was very sick. And I went to bed, and I was sick enough to think, I don't know if I'm going to wake up in the morning. Now, I wasn't afraid. I, I will tell you this, though. I, I told Pastor, I said, I think if my wife was here, she'd know what to do. I did say that. I said, if my wife was with me, she'd know what to do, okay? But anyway, I was very, very sick. Uh... And so then at 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord woke me up, and he healed me right there. Instantly, I was healed. Instantly, I was healed. And he said, now I want you to write. And he gave me the things to write. And this is what I preached Sunday morning. And I told the church at that time, I said, it seems to be out of sequence, and one day I'll take the time to put it back in sequence. And Doc Shell said, you don't need to touch it. Leave it alone the way it is. And here's what it is. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, he said, when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he said this, and I want you to hear it. He said, that is standard equipment. He said, it's not an option. What he said to me about the baptism, he said, it's not an option. In 2 Timothy, did I give you that? I want her to bring it up just for a moment because I want you to, oh, I, I, I remember, I get to hear it sit right there. I was going to turn around. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come, is what the word says. Now, some of you have never spoken in tongues. And that's not between me and you. That's between you and the Lord. And it doesn't, I, I don't, in my own estimation, I don't care if you do or if you don't, if, if that makes sense to you. I'm going to show you where Paul says, I speak in tongues more than all of you. 
He said, and I would that you would all speak in tongues. So what he's really saying is that all of you don't. And he's not running them down. He's just saying. But when it comes to the baptism of God's spirit, and I'm talking about a different work than being saved. I'm talking about a baptism that comes from heaven that baptizes and totally immerses and fills you up and dwells within you. That's the baptism I'm talking about. And that baptism brings about a language that if you desire, you can have. I don't hold to the Pentecostal doctrine of the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. I don't hold to that. Some of you in here do, but I don't. The Bible doesn't say that. What it says, now watch, he's going to put up Acts chapter 1, verse 8. You will receive power. Everybody said power. Leave it up just for a moment, Deb. That is dunamis power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. That word power is dunamis, and it also means energy. The word martyr means, uh, the word witness means martyr. And it means that God will give you dunamis power to die. He will give you dunamis power to suffer. Now there will come a day, if not today, that you will suffer. Because Antichrist spirit will touch your finances. He'll touch your businesses. He'll touch your family. He will touch everything that is in your possession. And when he does that, will you have the power to stand? Because if your power is in your pocketbook, you're going to be in trouble. Now listen to what he says. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Now Paul says, we're going to have some difficult times of tribulation. And when he says to Timothy, he says, realize this, that difficult times are coming, or terrible times are coming, or one says, perilous times are coming. He's, ta he's not talking about tribulation. He's talking about the here and the now. And understand something, if ever we lived in a chaotic world, it is today. In our churches, in our Pentecostal charismatic churches, in our holy churches such as the Nazarenes, the Church of God, the Free Will Baptist Church, the Charismatics and Pentecostals, we have taken things out of the Word also, so that we can get more people in the church and more money in the coffer. But that'll be a witness against us, and it'll stand against us. 
Because Paul says there's terrible times that are coming and we're living in them now. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 24, he says, know this, that the world, not the church, the world will wax worse and worse. The world will become cold. It is today. Now, that power is epoxy. And what it is, it takes two parts. The first is dunamis. That's power of dynamite. And the next is an energy. It's called energeia. It's energy. You take the two, dunamis, power of dynamite, and you take energy and you put them together. Dynamite, boom, explodes, and it's over. It destroys, but it's over. But this dynamite explodes in the center, and it just energy just goes and goes and goes and goes in a circle. Goes and goes and goes. That's the Holy Ghost. He will come with power. Paul says this to the church. He says, when I come to see you, he says to the Corinthian church, he said, I'm not coming to hear what you've got to say. He said, I'm coming to see if you are demonstrating the power of God in your congregation. Are people being saved? Are they being healed? Are they being set free? Are they being filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit? He said, I don't care about a lot of things because he said this. He says, the Holy Spirit is in demonstration of power, dunamis power. He said, that's what you got to have in your church. The power starts in the middle and it spreads. It'll start in this church and it'll spread. If God is God and the power of God is in here, then it will spread throughout the community. Now listen to what the Bible says. They overcome the blood of the Lamb. There's something they do Why? Because the power of God. So you bring action to the No, no. Bring Luke. Bring Luke 35. Now you can take that down now. When Jesus Christ was the Holy Ghost came up on her and she conceived. The Bible says that when the Holy Ghost comes up on you, you will receive power or you will be conceived to understand the power of God in your life. How many of us understand that we can talk about this all day long till Jesus comes and nothing ever gets done, but once we experience the baptism of the power of God, once it comes up on us, Listen, we want every single thing that God has Do I have to speak in tongues? No, you don't have to. But you don't have to eat. You can die. There's a lot of things that you can do that are not good for you. Pastor, will you teach me to speak in tongues? No. I am not the Holy Ghost. I don't know his language other than what he give me. You want yours? asking for it. In Acts chapter 2, I want you to watch this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4. This is the early church. And these were Jews. Basically, all of these were Jews. Did I give that to you? Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. Interesting, isn't it? You see, because it wasn't an option. 
It wasn't an option. The whole street, people, my, dad, like Cadillac. my dad would just love her. My dad liked Cadillacs, and he liked Buicks. You know why? Because they were the first cars to have air conditioning. But they were options. They were options. Then in 1972, American Motors did something. They made the Ambassador. Nice car. But you didn't have to buy your radio. I'm dating myself. When you bought a new car, you had to pay extra for a radio. You had to pay extra for a heater. You guys, I'm not the oldest one in here. Okay? Some of you remember that. Stan, wave your hand. All right, you remember that. But you had to pay for it. But then in 1972, AMC came out with a beautiful car called the Ambassador. And guess what came out with that car? Air conditioning, radio, heater, all the options were standard equipment. Because they weren't options no more. You buy a car now, all of that stuff is standard equipment because of what AMC did. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is not an option. He is standard equipment when it comes to the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. It's an amazing thing what can transpire in your life if you will allow God to flood you and you commit yourself to him. Now she's going to do something. She's going to bring up Acts chapter 10, 45 and 46. All the circumcision, that's the Jews, believers who, who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Watch this, verse 46. For they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. So the very same way that the Holy Spirit came in to the early church with the Jewish people was exactly the same way he came in when it came to the Gentiles. No different whatsoever. Why? Because understand something. God opened the door to the Gentile, and when he opened the door to the Gentile, he opened it up to me, and he opened it up to you. And the Bible says, and they rejoiced in that day, the Gentile, because they were brought into the kingdom of God. And what happened? God filled them and baptized them with the Holy Spirit exactly the same way he did the Jewish people. Listen, exactly the way he's doing the church today. It's not an option. It's not an option. He said, he said this, all you have to do is receive. You don't have to ask. You don't have to ask God to baptize you. We're saying all the time, ask God to baptize you. Ask God to baptize you. There's nowhere in here anybody ever asked God to baptize them. They just received the baptism 
of the Holy Spirit. And they were longing for the baptism. Interesting, interesting verse here. She's going to bring up Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to read it again. But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. That's tongues. Now, you see that word up on there? That's an interesting word. It's a Greek word. And you know what it means? It means superstructure. And so, isn't that interesting? But you, beloved, building yourself upon this superstructure of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that amazing? A superstructure. One that the enemy cannot uh, 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 tear down. Praying that in faith. Listen, praying in the Holy Spirit. Building yourself up. You want your, your faith increased? Then ask God to build you up. It's an interesting thing. In, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says this. He said, the one who speaks in tongue edifies himself. Thus builds himself up. But the one who prophesies edifies the church, builds up the church. Listen to what he's not saying. He's not telling you not to speak in tongues. He's saying the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. The one who prophesies builds up the church. Now, when I saw myself on TV, I hope that's not what I look like. People, I got one big belly. Somebody said, well, TV makes you look bigger. I, I'm never watching TV again. Now with me on there, and I'm looking at that, and I'm going, "Woo! that is a big boy right there. I didn't even get to see you, Pastor. And you know how, how to get rid of that belly? Eat less and do exercises and build myself up. It's important that you build yourself up. How do you build yourself up? By praying in the Holy Ghost. It's important for me to build you up. So how do I build you up? By prophesying to you the word of God. Building up. Listen, we do not understand the power that God has given us with the baptism. But we have taken the power of the baptism and we have made it an option. And so therefore, the power of God has left the church building. Isn't that what they say about Elvis? He left the building? Understand, why has the power of God left? Because the church does not edify itself, nor does it edify the person. You speak in tongues when you feel good about yourself. 
Try speaking in tongues when you don't feel good about yourself. When your spirit is cast down low and you need to be built up, try that and see what God does. The Holy Spirit is not an option. In John chapter 20, I'm going to get through this. In John chapter 20, verse 21, she's going to bring it up. She's going to bring up 21 and 22. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you as the Father sent me, I also send you. Watch for verse 22. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. Notice he did not come up on them. He breathed upon them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. That is probably when the, the disciples was converted to the Lord and came into the kingdom of God. So he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, God breathed on you, and you received God's Holy Spirit. When God breathed on me, I received his Holy Spirit. Everyone who is born again has received the Holy Spirit of God. Luke 24, verse 45, she's going to bring it up. This is prior to the ascension. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. We talked about that before. He's already breathed on them. Now, before he ascends unto the Father, he opens up their minds to the scriptures. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 20, watch what it says. But you have an anointing, anointing from the Holy One, and you all know. Verse 27, watch this. As for you, the anointing which you received will enlighten you. Let me read here. As for you, the anointing which you received from him abides in you. There it is. And you have no need for anyone to teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about all things and is true and is not a lie, and just as it, as it, it has taught you, you abide in him. Now listen to me. He's not telling you not to study. In, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, listen to what he says. He said the spirit of wisdom is going to come upon you and you're going to receive knowledge. You will be enlightened and receive revelation knowledge. Everything that you studied, he's going to bring. Have no need that one teach you the anointing. I can't teach you the anointing. I can teach you what the word of God is. But I can't teach you the anointing. And in the perilous day, you and I will stand before the magistrate. And out of our mouth, the Lord will speak. And what he will speak is the anointing or the anointed words which he has given us in the word of God. And he will bring that anointing to fruition. And that anointing will flood you. 
I can't teach you that, but the Holy Spirit will. And if you will pray, and if you will study the Word of God, then what God will do is give you a revelation knowledge of His Word. I can't explain it to you. But then all of a sudden you'll be reading that Word, and here's what it'll say. So this is how I get my husband into the kingdom of God. This is how I get my children into the kingdom of God. You mean this is how I get healed. This is how I get saved. This is how I operate in the power of God. What? The revelation knowledge that the anointing will teach you on that day. Goodness. He's so powerful. Now watch what it says here. In Luke 24, 45, he opened up their minds to the scriptures. He breathed on them. He's opened up their minds to the scriptures. Sorry, but that sounds like a good Baptist to me. That sounds like a good Methodist to me. That sounds like a good Presbyterian to me. A good Lutheran, a good Episcopalian. That sounds to me like a good Pentecostal right there. Breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. He opened up their minds to the scriptures. Praise God. Isn't that an amazing thing? Right there. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of an experience? But he don't stop there. He don't stop there. There's three things you need to know about Jesus Number one, Jesus breathed upon them. He opened up their minds to understand the Scripture. That's supernatural. But there's a third element to this. Luke, uh, let, let's see. I want Luke 24 and uh, 49. I like this. Luke, And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Who? People that had already received the Holy Spirit. Who? People who already now understand the Scriptures. But you know what they don't have? They don't have the power to die. They all run. I, I, I like Josephus. Josephus it was a Jewish historian, a Roman historian. He actually was a Jew. He was a Roman historian. And he wants to know where the body of Jesus is. And Josephus, by the way, had power to take life or let it give life. That's how much power he had. He calls in them Roman soldiers, and they come up with this, that them disciples came in and stole Jesus' body. The Bible says there was a cohort of soldiers that surrounded that tomb. A cohort is anywhere from 60 to 600. So the minimum of soldiers was 60, and the maximum would have been about 600. And here is these disciples running like scared children. Scared to death. And these soldiers are saying, they came in the night and stole his body. Interesting story. Josephus said, you're nothing but a liar. 
And do you know that Josephus would not receive that testimony? Because he knew something had happened. Ah, so here they have received the Holy Spirit because he breathed on them. But that didn't stop them from running. When trouble came, and he knows to open up their minds to the Scriptures, not going to stop them from running when trouble comes because they need some kind of power within them that's going to elevate them from mere men to people of a supernatural quality. That's an amazing thing. So he said, here's what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to send you to Jerusalem, and you're going to stay in that city. Now listen, can you bring that up again? Would you please do that, 2449? Now watch. I am sending you forth the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are close. It's not an option. It was the command of God for those uh, disciples. They didn't get to say. If they had them, they would have missed out on everything. He said, you will go. He is commanding them. How many of you see that? It's not an option. Peter, you're going to be crucified upside down. You're not going to be able to do that if you don't be filled with the power of God. John, you're going to be boiled in oil. You can't do that. Every single one of those men died a martyr's death, and not a one of them was a good one. He knew that just understanding scriptures was not going to get them through. He knew that receiving the Holy Spirit was not going to get them through. The Lord said to me, my baptism is not an option, and we've made it an option, and because of that, we have a nation, the United States of America, in trouble like we've never been in trouble before, and it is not because of the president, is not because of the, uh, the Democrats or the Republicans. It's because of a lukewarm church that will not preach the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. Jesus commanded them. Now, here's what I really like. If I give these to you, don't bring them up. Now, Paul says something. This is an interesting note. 1 Corinthians 1.18, here's what he said. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. Uh, In 1 Corinthians 14.5, he says, Now, I wish you all spoke in tongues but more that you would prophesy. I wish. He said, I wish you did. He said, I wish you'd all make a choice to do that. Here's what I want you to understand. How many of you know Paul was a tongue talker? Right? How many of you have heard that the tongue, baptism of the tongues was just for the disciple in that day? How many of you heard that? Hey, it's an interesting thing that Paul's conversion wasn't until 33 A.D. to 40 A.D. 40 years after the the death of Jesus Christ and and the original baptism on the early church, he's still baptizing. 
which Paul was one of them. Isn't that an interesting thing? Now, he's going to say something. He's going to say, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is going to come after I have ascended. Here's what you're going to like, Alex. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Here we go. I like this. Now, on one of those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat. And he said to them, let's go over to the other side of the lake. How many of you know that when Jesus says, let's go over to the other side, we're going over to the other side. Now, he's breathed on these men. Now, they've received the Holy Spirit. So, if Jesus said, we're going over to the other side, wouldn't you believe they're going over to the other side? Interesting thing about saved people who have received the Holy Spirit but do not walk in the power and the authority of Almighty God. It's interesting. Oh, I like this. It says this. He said, let's go over to this side. Bring it up again, Deb, if you would. So they launched out. Do you have 23? Okay, I'm going to read it. And a fierce gale of wind began to soak the boat. Soak, sink the boat, Alex. And what that wind was, was the fury of the devil. So what you saw in that dream was the devil's fury. But he didn't blow your house down, did he? You saw it, didn't you? But you didn't die. Now, you're sitting by two people there that love you very much. And I believe that one of their conquests will be is to bring you into the baptism of God's Holy Spirit. Because you have received, you know, and now you need that power. Now watch this. A fierce gale come up. Now, I, had, I went down to Alabama some years ago, and I got on the USS Alabama. And I've told you this. Four gun turrets on that thing. 140 men took care of one gun turret. And I, I was reading about that boat. And that boat, now, now, now listen, that ship had, I think it was 350,000 horsepower. It was crazy horsepower to make that big old thing go. It was nuts. And Here's what, here's what it, it showed us about this boat. It said, when those gun turns fired forward, it would literally stop the Alabama and push it backward. That was the recoil. Said when they took the guns over the side, that they would shoot those guns, and it would literally almost tip that ship over and then set upright. That was the power of those guns. And then I was reading, and then it, it had you look at the deck. And the deck was like 24 to 36 uh, uh, steel sheets of about two inches, one on top of the other. And, and those bolts that held that, 
gun turned down were probably that big around. I had never seen nothing like it. And it said, it, it, because the recoil was so strong in that boat, that once they shot those guns, if they didn't have a decking, it would just rip that deck right off of that boat. So they had to reinforce that decking in that boat in order to shoot those guns. And the Lord at that time showed me that, that the, the guns were the, the gifts of the Spirit and that the decking was, was the fruit of the Spirit how they hold hand in hand. But it was interesting that the two main ships that were the most powerful was the USS Alabama and the USS Missouri. How about that, Missouri? How about that deal? I told them there, I said, that's interesting to me. Now, here, here's my point. The Bible says that Jesus rebuked the wind and the surging waves, and they stopped. The disciples who he had breathed on, their faith was gone. Now, their faith is gone because they see this little boat. But Jesus said, let's go over to the other side. That's, that's all you need right there. That's your faith right there. Your faith is what Jesus said. Your faith is what's in this word. That's your faith. But the disciples' faith was gone because they got out of the word or quit looking at the word, and they looked at the storm. They're looking at the fury of the devil. And the reason why they're looking at the fury of the devil is because Jesus has ministry with the demoniac who we call the Gadarene. And Jesus is going to go over to the other side and he's going to deliver a man that has over 2,000 demons in him. And his name, what is your name? He said, they call me Legion because there are many of us. And Jesus is going over there. Now watch what Jesus does. He commands even the wind and the waters to be calm. You know why? Because he had the power of the Holy Ghost within him. Now get a load of this. He did not stop that wind and that water because he is the Son of God. He stopped the wind he stopped the surging waves because he was a man filled with the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, and knew that he could take command over the wind, he could take command over the water, he could make, make, take command over the universe. It made no difference when the devil came in with all of his fury that the Holy Ghost inside of Jesus had command over every single thing that was to take place. He said to those men, he said, you have that power. Because here's what those men saw. They saw a boat. But that's not what Jesus saw. 
What the devil saw coming across that sea was the USS Alabama. What the devil saw coming across that sea was the USS Missouri. And the devil wasn't no match for those guns. You see, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 9, Jesus was lifted up while they were looking on. And a cloud received him out of their sight. Verse 10, and as they were gazing intently in the, in, into the sky, while he was departing, behold, two men in white apparel, in white clothing, stood beside them. The one, one says among them. Here's what he said in verse 11, these men. Men of Galilee, men of St. Joseph, men of Hosanna Fellowship, Men, why do you stand looking into the sky? Because we talk about the rapture. And we talk about the coming of the Lord. But if we don't do something and get something done within ourselves, then there's not going to be the power manifested even in this church that God wants to bring forth through here. If we could understand the word of God, there would not be seating in this church next week. If we understood what God has for us. He said this, he said, men of Galilee, men of Hosanna Fellowship, why are you just talking about the rapture? Why? Why are you gazing into the heavens to see the Lord come back? He's coming back because he said he was coming back. We don't need to stand there gazing into heaven. What we need is to get busy, and we need to go to work. Now listen to me. We're not going to get much work done if we're just saved and we understand Scripture. But we're going to get a whole lot done. If we're saved, we understand Scripture, and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit of God. When he came in, he saved my soul. Praise the name of the Lord for that. But not only did he come in to save my soul, but he designated me to be a minister of the gospel, so he had to fill my brain up with his word. That wasn't going to get it done either. What was going to happen now is the third thing. I need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit because with me, it's not an option, and with God, it's not an option. Listen to me. I don't care if you ever speak in tongues. I'm like, Paul, I wish that you would all speak with tongues. But I speak in tongues all the time. I'm like, Paul, I know, he said, but I'm telling you this, you need to be filled with the power of God so that you can withstand the enemy because listen to what he's saying. I am going to tell you to get in a boat and go to the other side because there's ministry over there and everything that the devil's going to throw at you you are going to be able to overcome 
because of the power of God which resides in you through the baptism of his Holy Spirit. Men of Galilee, here is the promise to you and your children. Here is the promise to you and your children. Now, I want you to do something right now, just for a moment. If you got children, I'm not talking about grandchildren. If you got children lost, I want you to stand right now. You got children that are lost, I want you to stand with me right now. Let's change the atmosphere in your house. Let's change the atmosphere in your workplace. Let's change the atmosphere in your heart. So we're going to see the atmosphere of God change. And here's what we're going to make a decree right now. That your children will be brought into the kingdom of God. Through, listen, through the power of God which is at work in you. Which is at work in you. So as you raise your hands, receive right now the promise of God. And what is that? That your children will be brought into the kingdom of God because the word of God teaches us that they will in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. You can be seated. If you have a husband or a wife that needs to be brought into the kingdom of God, stand right now. A husband or a wife. Anybody else? I declare we change the atmosphere and I declare this one thing, that your husbands will be brought into the kingdom of God because of the power of God that is at work in you. The power of the baptism, because here's what's going to take place. What they are going to start to see is a different type of wife. They are going to see a wife that has not only received salvation, that not only understands the scripture, but one that walks in the power and the might of Almighty God. Let it be in Jesus' name. Praise God. Anybody here has been given bad news by the doctor? I want you to stand. You don't have none. Good. Anybody here besides me? that have bad knees, stand. I'm the only one, thank you. We make a decree right now that the power of God supersedes these knees. Now watch this. Bone come back to being bone. Cartilage come back and be made whole. Everything in our knees be healed in Jesus' name for this is the kingdom of God. And so we claim it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Okay, Father, I still hear you. If you got back problems, stand right now. You got a weak back. Yeah. I like it. Put your hand on your back. We make a decree in the heavens that you, wow, knees, backs, Next, no longer are bound in the name of Jesus, but we are set free in the name of Jesus for healing, and not healing so we can feel good, but healing so we can preach this gospel till Jesus comes. So we lay our hands on ourselves, 
wherever you're sick right now, there's a change in the atmosphere, and right now healing power, deliverance power of the Holy Ghost is taking place in Jesus' name right now. We're healed. You can be set down if you want. I'm going to go on just for a moment. Bear with me. I'm going to get us out of here in the next two hours. Chuckle. I'm just, hey, listen. You're filled if you are not, if you have never been baptized with the Spirit of God, you are saved. And you understand the promises in this word. But you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to stand right now. If you're not, I want you to stand right now. Okay. So I'm taking it everybody is. Hey, if if you're if you're have been baptized in the power and the might of God, and you've not received your language from the Lord, and you want that language, I want you to stand right now. Amen. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. I want you to raise your hands now. This is important. And I want you to ask God. Say, Lord, I want that language that has been entrusted to me by your Holy Spirit when you baptized me, when you filled me, when you clothed me with your power from on high. For your word says you breathed on me and I received eternal life. And you opened up my, my mind to the scriptures. I'm understanding those. But Father, I don't, now listen to this, I don't have the power to die. If you don't have the power to die, you need to stand right now. And so, Father, I want the power to be able to die for the cause of the cross. And I want this, and I want that language, Father, that only you can give me that brings me into you. And I'm going to pray that. And here's what I'm going to pray. Sometime this day, if not right now, before this night comes to an end. Now look at me, every one of you. Before this night comes to an end, you will have a prayer language. And you will come in Sunday morning and say, Pastor, give me the mic. I need to tell people. Give these guys a hand clap. Now, let me close this because it is getting late. Nobody's looked at their watch yet. Because if you do this, that's 15 more minutes. So people are throwing their watches away now. Let me finish it. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same manner. He, he will come in just the same way or the same manner as you have watched him go into the heavens. Heaven. Jesus is coming. He's coming. But he doesn't want you to be idle. Know this. Difficult times will come. Now, when you stand out for the Lord and you step up, you're going to go through difficult times. I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to go through difficult times. But the disciples counted it joy when they suffered from the Lord. In John 4, 16, and I'm going to end with this. He says this, I will ask the Father. Did I give it to you, Deb? Okay, John 14, 16, and 17. Now watch, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. That's the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. What's the next one? That is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, 
because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because, listen, he abides within you and will be in you. Now, let's stand. I'm going to open up this altar. Doris, if you want to come to the piano. I'm going to open up this altar. And if you're not saved, okay, you need to come to this altar and give your heart to the Lord. Well, I'll get saved here at my seat. Okay, you can do that. But it's a whole lot better because Paul said this in Romans chapter 10, verse 8. What does it say? Faith is near you, even in your mouth. Verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus as Lord, if you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the Bible says you'll be saved. If you've done that, you're saved. And when you did that, he went, he breathed on you. And eternal life came in. That in itself will not give you the power to withstand the enemy on the evil day. And then through that, because he was leaving, he said, I need to open up your minds to the scriptures. All of a sudden, they understand scripture. You have no need, no one teach you the anointing. For the anointing will teach you all things, the Bible says. And then the third thing that he said, he said this. He said, now tarry ye into Jerusalem until you're endued, clothed, or filled with power from on high. For the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Now watch this. Number one, the Father, receive ye the Holy Spirit. That's the Father. Number two, this is Jesus. He's the anointing. He's the truth. He's the way. Number three is the Holy Spirit who will baptize you with power and give you the authority of all of heaven. I love old people coming to this church because I get to speak into old people and God honors it. You watch this and you're going to say, well, that's true. I speak to old, older people in this church and I said, you'll not become senile because I'm praying spirit of youth in you. And I'm praying you'll come in and go out just as you've always done. It's working, isn't it? Jackie's going like that. I'm saying, Death, you can't take Stan Jagger. Stan Jagger's going to go when God comes to get him. And he's not going to go all shriveled up. I speak that. And I can do that because of the power of God. You have that same power. You, get, you can speak into your family. You can speak into your job situation because God has the authority. Alex, now here's what the devil sees. 
He sees, if you let these two introduce you, when you received your prayer language, you ceased from being a boat into a battleship to destroy whatever the devil wants. Whenever you, when you desire the baptism of God's Holy Spirit, you cease being who you once were into what God has called you to be. And I tell you what I am. I'm the USS Alabama because I got people in Alabama. I'm the USS Missouri because I got people in Missouri. I don't know if there's any others, but if there are, that's who I am. Can we let raise our hands to the Lord?